You're listening to a Same But Different podcast. Hello and welcome to the Days of Rare podcast, where in each episode we will discover what life with a rare disease is really like from those who live with some of the world's rarest conditions. In this episode, we will hear from Michelle, who lives with Betchett's disease. Betchett's disease, or syndrome, is a rare disorder that causes blood vessel inflammation throughout your body, and those with the disease can experience numerous symptoms. don't mind I wondered if you'd perhaps start by telling me what happened to trigger a diagnosis in what way did you become unwell firstly I started having genital ulcers and um, they were really bad they were the, the size of 50 pences and I couldn't actually go to the toilet for a wee because it was burning that much and I used to have to bite on a wooden spoon to go for a wee and in the end, I stopped drinking so I wouldn't have to go to the toilet. And I'd always had about 30 mouth ulcers in my throat. And my dentist had picked up on it and had referred me and I'd been to the hospital and they just said, oh, it was nothing. But when I got diagnosed, the GU clinic guy actually phoned me up and told me over the phone that I had bet chips. And I was like, I was cooking tea. I said, well, what? what will it do to me? And he said, well, basically anywhere you where you've got blood, it can attack. So he said it can be from your brain to your big toe. So some things can be really niggly and annoying. And some things can be like major. And I know people can go blind. I've known people who've had limbs amputated, brain bleeds, strokes, blood clots. It can do anything really. But I was just in pieces. And then Sort of, I had an appointment with Professor Moots and he confirmed it. My husband did ask him, Do you? I can hardly say this, but I always sticks in my mind that my husband said, Do you think you could be wrong? And he said, No, we're 100%. She's got it. Um, But I could see the hope in his face. Of course. And you said, obviously, because it was so painful, you stopped drinking and I mean, that in itself must have caused things like headaches and dehydration and constipation, all other really uncomfortable things to be living with. It did. I don't know how I carried on. I lost so much weight sort of in, say, six weeks. And people would see me and say, oh, my God, what's happened? The clothes were hanging off me. And I came out in a load of lesions on my face as well. That can be part of Betchitz. I do suffer with those. They're very unsightly and sore and they're like really inflamed. And I just looked, I looked a mess. I don't, it, I just sort of went from super healthy downhill overnight I can't even imagine you know to go from being independent and fit and well and having a young family to as you say sort of being confronted with this possibility of all the different outcomes you can have I mean it sounds like a a completely life-changing diagnosis it was and also I was really really independent and I prided myself on that and I had a really good work ethic and I worked every night and all weekend I worked in catering I became a chef and it was a, a passion of mine and then 
to have it took away from you is really hard because to have to rely on someone else to keep you. For someone who's always been very independent and looked after myself, so it was very difficult to ask for help. And I still, still struggle. It sounds to me like there's been a real roller coaster from, you know, the the shock and pain and fear of the of early diagnosis to a place of where you are now, where you accept that this is how your life is and you try and pace yourself and make the most of it. But I imagine that it can't have been a smooth line to get there and that there must have been difficult times, but also better times over the years. There has been really, really dark times. Early days, I filled myself with knowledge about how to cope. And I did things like expert patient program, mindfulness. I have done lots of things. I thought knowledge, it was king, really, to be honest. I felt like it was, uh, I suppose it felt like my armour. If I knew what to expect. And also, I'd go along to Betchit Society, have annual conferences. So I went to a couple of those. But sometimes that can be scary too. I did actually pull back from the Betchitz meetings because seeing what has happened to other people is a bit too close to home, really. So I sort of dip in and dip out, if that makes sense. It really does, because I think as humans, we like to plan and we want to think that we know what's coming and how our life will be. But actually, we can't handle knowing too much. And so sometimes, especially with something like, you know, like your condition, it's not good to be able to see all the different outcomes because you don't know which will be yours. And it can cause fear, can't it? It can. And it was almost as though it had happened to to me. It's like them early days I was worrying about having a stroke and what have you. I thought, well, it might as well have happened because I'm not fit for anything. It was almost as though it had happened and something just clicked one day and I thought, it hasn't happened, it may never happen, hopefully it won't, but if it does, I'll have to deal with it then and I shouldn't let it take over my life before, if it actually happens and that, it just sort of dropped into place one day and I'm not saying like, if I sat down and thought really, oh, but I don't allow myself to think that far ahead, if I'm honest. Um, I, I suppose I try and take a day at a time, really. I think for anybody that's listening, that's thinking about or coming to terms with their own situation, perhaps, I think you've said a couple of really, really important things there. One is that it's fine to dip in and out of support groups because sometimes they are invaluable and they offer so much and sometimes they can actually be too much. And that's really important to hear because I think people really worry But the other thing that you've said that's incredibly important is that the fear of something happening sometimes can stop the here and now from being better than than you imagine. And that's a really hard thing to realise. And it's amazing that you were able to because... Because fear is powerful. It is. And I I suppose, really, hearing you saying that now, it's almost like, I don't know if you're familiar with mindfulness, but that's mainly one of the teachings of mindfulness is think about the here and the now, not yesterday or tomorrow. You can't change those. And it has been hard. And there are times, luckily, not for a while but there are times and you can get low it can wear you down not now but in the past 
I mean, I think at the moment I'm I'm feeling quite strong mentally, but in sometimes I have been like so low. And you know, it's all things like like when I first met Professor Moots, he gave me some leaflets and he said your GP is going to struggle to treat you because. It was something like one in a hundred thousand people then who, who who got diagnosed. He said, "Tell him if he's not sure how to treat you with something, tell him to give me a call and I can help him." So I told my GP and gave him the leaflets, and he said he he wouldn't take them. He said, "No, it's not worth it. I've only got you out of six thousand patients." He said, "I've only got it's not worth it." Shocking. And the other one had said, "How many boyfriends did you have?" It just, I don't know how you pick yourself up sometimes, but I changed GP and it's the best thing I did. I really get good care, so. Did your husband seek out any support? Never, no, he's not that. He just, like I say, he's amazing. He carries me up and down stairs when he has to because some days you can't walk. It changes from day to day. Like I have to wear a sling sometimes because of the joint pain in my shoulder. I can't have the weight of my arm. And you can't turn your head. But my husband's never sought help. He did come along to a few of the support group meetings and he had a chat to husbands and stuff. But I suppose he's quite a private. He's quite quiet, really. Not with me, but he's quite quiet. But when the pandemic started and we, I didn't leave the house for a year because I was told not to. No, and, of course. And they were, my husband and my son were really frightened of making me ill we used to wash shopping all the food that come in and everything it was a nightmare but to get the vaccine early carers got them earlier so we had to go down an official route as my carer and they said you you should be getting carers allowance and he wouldn't take it and they offered him money to take me away for a weekend because they allow a care and he said no no I'll I do it he he thinks it's part of his job role should we say he sounds like a wonderful man. He is. He's really lucky. Believe it or not, I actually consider myself lucky. No, and it's wonderful, you know, as difficult and as painful as so much sounds as if it's been for you. You've also got your wonderful husband and your son and that that's a blessing because you needed those happy those happy points of focus in your life. I did. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was almost hard sometimes listening to and talking to Michelle because when we talked, as you heard, there were a few times where Michelle's voice broke a little bit and her emotion almost got the better of her. And it really just made it clear to me how hard it's been and continues to be for Michelle. And I thought it was the perfect reflection of what life living with a really rare condition is like. That need to try to be strong when actually life is very, very difficult. And I thought she was so honest and so brave and fragile, even though she was also incredibly strong. And I just thought she summed it up beautifully in the way she talked and the way she shared her story. Thank you for listening to this episode from our Days of Rare podcast series. We hope you will join us next week when we share another story of life with a rare disease with you. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about Michelle, please click on the link in the description. Mm-hmm.